Welcome to Side Talks, the podcast, the one and only podcast about all things cinema. That's right. The and Actually, the only podcast in the world, really. So I'm Rachel Morgan, and, um, you know, I just uh, sit in chairs and talk into microphones, and uh, you listen, and sometimes, you know, agree with me. Uh, that's right. And I'm Corey Kraft. I, I do all of that. I do all of what Rachel just said as well. And I eat pizza. I don't. Yes, uh, I do. Yeah. I eat a lot of yeah. pizza. Anyway, we're off. What's this shit? You went lower, <laughs> and I don't. I, you stretched out the word shit there shit. in an interesting way. I know, I know. I you really, got you to spice it up. I got to spice it up, and I'm all. I'm tending to channel L7 lately, um, so I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. So okay, I've got a little backstory on what's the shit, which I'm going to take a just a just a few seconds to do because okay. I think you're actually going to get it really quickly. All right. Um, but I think you'll appreciate the backstory here, and that is, you know, in, in the past, especially pre-COVID, I was in the I was in the cinema. I was, in, I mean, uh, excuse me, the cardio cinema specifically. I was in the gym, mm-hmm. and I would just you know, pop into the cardio cinema there and, and see on the screen a film taking place and, you know, you know the whole deal. I drop in the middle of it and I'd bring it to you and that's where this sort of segment evolved. But then COVID hits and I, I'm in random places and, you know, trying to find stuff on YouTube and it's just different. But this time, this on this particular round of What's the Shit, I happen to be at a hotel at the Bass Pro Shop. Oh my God. That's right. Um, so this past week was my girlfriend's birthday and I surprised her with a trip to Memphis and we stayed at the, at the pyramid, at the pyramid and the, and the, uh, in the hotel at the, ba- the big Cypress Inn, yeah. which is a hotel in the pyramid in the Bass Pro Shop. And we had a balcony that looked out onto the Bass Pro Shop. Oh my God. <laughs> and I don't, I, it's, I've not been this impressed with the hotel in a long time. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, you know, and you go into the lobby and it's just bl- blasting country music. It, anyway, it, it, you know, little hotel TV is on and I stumble upon this. So I'm just trying to set the scene because okay. the way that I'm going to describe this film, I just need you to understand it within the context that I viewed it in. Pyramid, Bass Pyramid, Pro Bass Pro Shop, a view of the like little fudge shack and, you know, um, some camo gear and, you know. Sure. That kind of thing. So, and it is it is very surreal, by the way, to be looking out at the Bass Pro Shop from a balcony in a hotel room where you might be staying, period. But once everything shuts down, and your view is of the shut down right. Bass Pro Shop, it's even stranger. I'm sure. This is not, not a record. This is not the... Me saying this is not a lack of a recommendation for for this hotel. It's actually it's I highly recommend. It, it sounds kind of awesome. It's pretty damn awesome. So anyway, that's what's going on in my world when I see this. Okay, and I and, and I'm flipping through the channels, and we land on a. Uh, by the way, I still if you're just in case you're wondering, I do still have a girlfriend. I uh, I know that was a big question that was probably rolling through people's it minds. Wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> don't think so but i do still have one at least that's what she said when i dropped her off from the trip how could anybody not be impressed by staying (laughs) at the bass pro shop in the pyramid though i mean that seems that seems excellent i don't know i think she was a little on on 
you know, on the ledge for a second. But when we got there, she, you know, it went went over really well. Good. So yes, yeah, so all is well in in my world right now. Uh, it, I have survived the Bass Pro Shop and come out on the other side of this, <laughs> winning. Um, so anyway, this is on the TV, and it is. I don't want to say who it is because I think you're going to get it right away, as okay. is often the case, because a lot of these what's the shits have those big names in it. Yeah. So in this particular instance, it's a it's a young, especially at the time, young actress who is very popular okay and has a really really and she's american very american really really terrible russian accent all right do you already know what it is Mm, i know maybe but continue and this is on one of those stations that's not it's not an abc nbc you know big one of the big four but it is on like a you know a tnt or it's on some of these networks that are you know traditional cable that are that do censor films sure and it's not hbo showtime pay tv okay and so i can't remember it might have been usa who knows but but point being that i you know as soon as i turn it on it's a full-on rape scene which i'm like okay heaven forbid in america we show a boob sure right but we can show a violent rape in which on basic cable yeah oh yes just totally at like again 10 in the morning at this point we were watching this like 10 in the morning. A, a guy comes in to interrupt the rape, and while this you know, character with the bad Russian accent is being raped, he slits the throat and the blood drips all over her. So again, not only can we show a rape and not a boob, yeah, but we, not to get political here, <laughs> sure, but we can show a rape, a throat slitting, blood falling onto the person being raped. At 10 a.m. on basic At 10 cable. A.m. On, yeah, so 10 a.m. basic. So... Do you know what this is? I think it's Red Sparrow, right? Yeah, I think so. Red because Sparrow with Jennifer Lawrence. That's it. You yeah. guessed it. You guessed it. There um, you go. What's this shit? You guessed it. I Yeah. Um, this movie's okay. Um, it's more okay when it leans into being like a Paul Verhoeven type thing. Yeah. And not as interesting when it tries to be Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. It's kind of an uneasy mixture of that espionage thriller and just outright Verhoeven-y sleaze. But it's not sleazy enough. It's too, it's too respectable to be like particularly fun. Um, nothing I saw was good in any way, shape, or form, and the accent was so so terrible. I, it's not good. And let me add one more thing that may just absolutely shock you, and I say that with sarcasm. The television at the Bass Pro Shop Hotel is on soap opera mode. Oh, God. To boot. Yeah. To boot. So I didn't take the time to make change that setting because I, I felt like, and I hope I'm not offending anybody here, and I probably am, but I felt like that would be the preference of the average customer but they at the need Big to Cypress know better. <laughs> but then when they, you know, when they turn on probably what's normally on there, which is like sports. CMT or sports. Yeah. They're, they don't understand why things look funny. You know, I, I think there is a benefit, and this is way past the subject. I think there, <laughs> there is a benefit sometimes of watching sports with that, you know, bolstered frame rate. Yeah. But that's the only thing. You yeah. don't want to watch a work of cinema, like uh, an exalted work of cinema right. like Red Sparrow right. in um, soap opera mode. Plus, I think that movie is pretty good looking. Um, it's directed Wouldn't by, know. Directed by Francis Lawrence, who did... Constantine and I Am Legend and a bunch of those Hunger Games movies, which is why the Jennifer Lawrence connection happened, I guess. Gotcha. But no, it's not. It's not great. It's not memorable. I, 
I don't know. I, I wanted it to be a different sort of thing than it was, and it's it's just kind of neither fish nor fowl. Well, while I did enjoy waking up this morning and walking into a, even though it's summertime, roaring fire <laughs> <laughs> with big, huge armchairs and a big urn of coffee with uh, new country music playing over my head as I looked out onto racks and racks and racks of T-shirts with different fish and shit on them. <laughs> while I did enjoy that experience, I did not enjoy this film. That's the shit. <laughs> Retractions. Yeah. Oh boy. Actually, don't worry. We oh. got something right. Oh, we did. This is actually, yeah, this is actually not so much a retraction and more a like confirmation. We did it, everybody. Yay. Um, we had a question in, in a previous podcast about whether or not McConaughey and JLo had been in another film together, uh-huh. aside from a recent What's the Shit, which was the film The Wedding the Planner. The Wedding Planner. And the and we said I don't think I said I don't think so. I don't think they've ever been ever been in another film before. And I think you agreed and and anyway, they have not. And so it's huh. really less of a – I just wanted to clarify that because we said we we're going to go check and make sure. And indeed, those two human beings have not been in another film uh, – have not – that's the only film they've been in together. And they did something recently during COVID that was part of one of these concerts, you know, benefit oh. things. And they appeared together – you know, I don't know if it was talking about the wedding plan. But that comes up as a list of what things have they been in. But that's not a film. So, this is so has she made a movie – since Hustlers, I do not believe so. She's got to ride that have momentum. To do another confirmation. I, I don't think she has either, though. And that's that. Like I know COVID kind of like got in the way of people's yeah. careers and forward momentum and all of that. But um, Hustlers is one of the best performances of her career. I hope she enters the a best new performance for her career. I'm out just gonna of say sight it. still exists. What? Out of sight. I like Out of Sight. I actually like The Cell. I like the cell and too. And I think she's fine in both of those, but I, she just She's amazing she's in Hustlers. So no argument. She's so freaking good and and the I just I'm I'm sticking with Hustlers being mm. the best performance. Okay. But anyway, that's the only time I would like to see her and McConaughey share the screen again, not that I love the wedding planner, but I do think that, you know. They're both fun performers and yeah. they're both in interesting places in their career, so why not? Why not? For over 1 million years, Rachel and Corey have talked. And now, they share with you one of the greatest accomplishments of all time. Their list of the top 200 films. Love that, love that intro. Yeah, yeah. I've gotten a couple compliments on that in real life, too. Yeah, it's really fun. It's great. Good good work to Batwell Studios, man. They they know what they're doing, and... When they when they create that kind of content, it's it's just amazing. So. Absolutely, absolutely. So today we are going to enter our top one hundred films. Exciting! I can't even believe it. We we've we've really been rolling along with this thing. We have. So we are going to start today at number one hundred and four. Yes. And I'm going to kick things off. My number one hundred and four is Terry Gilliam's science fiction satire. Brazil. Nice. Visually stunning, crazy-ass film. Good, good, good. I agree. I think you're going to like my um, 104 as well. Okay. A lot. May even be on your list. Uh Uh-huh. Personal Shopper. I love that movie. It is not on my list, but I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, And my first introduction to Personal Shopper, by the way, was uh, somebody 
somebody posted, I think on Facebook, some, a friend of mine, filmmaker friend of mine who had gone to, I think, uh, I, I can't remember where did it premiere. Can I think. Yeah. So probably went to can posted. Yeah. I just watched Kristen Stewart text with a ghost for 45 minutes. That rules though. It's so good. I don't think it was a complaint. Oh, anyway, it's so I was good. like, you've got my attention. Oh, um, I would watch Kristen Stewart text with herself for 45 minutes. Sure. I don't really care. Sure. But anyway, it's a great film. I, I think it's very layered. I think I think this is I think this casting is when Kristen Stewart is at her best. 100%. So, anyway, great film. What have you got coming up next? 103, uh Carl Theodore Dreyer's The Passion of Joan of Arc featuring one of the best screen performances of all time from oh, Renée Maria Falconetti, told almost entirely in close up, yeah. just Compulsion. focused on her face. Compulsion for close-up. Yeah. Love that. Um, okay, my 103 is a is a tough one to get through and really not recommended unless you're in a in a good in a decent state of mind, and then maybe you don't want to ruin your decent state of mind. Uh, but it does it, it does include one of my uh true loves, and that is Michelle Williams, of course, and the film is Blue Valentine. A real bummer, but a great movie. Great fucking um, film. Yeah, yeah. I was I was thinking about this the other day, um, because it's Director Derek C. in France, um, who's great, by the way, just got an Oscar nomination for um, the screenplay for Sound of Metal. The, oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, um, yeah. That's he's, right. That's right. He's a good filmmaker. Um, that's a really great movie. Yeah. Uh, 102 from me, another um, good movie from a good filmmaker. Uh, a startling debut that I think um, really shook up. Uh, the specialty film world when it premiered in 1999 to considerable acclaim, but also a lot of what the hell did I just watch? It's, of course, being John Malkovich yeah. from director Spike Jones and screenwriter Charlie Kaufman. Can't have a list without this, as Agreed. far as I'm concerned. And also, talk about wildly creative. Oh, it's it's so wild. And, uh, and a bit of a mindfuck, which I appreciate. Yep. Speaking of mindfucks... Uh, my 102 is coming in hot. Uh-oh. The production design of this thing is flawless, amazing, impeccable, and took years and years to accomplish. And that is a brilliant fucking film and a work of feminism and a sidewalk alum, uh, The Love Witch. The Love Witch. Okay. Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah. I don't love this movie as much as you do. But, I don't doubt that for a second. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you probably <laughs> love it a whole lot. Um, but That's the uh, the lead actress, Samantha Robinson, I think is her name. She's wonderful yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no no argument here. Kind of a Russ Meyer-y sort of play. All kinds of 70s influences here, clearly. Yeah. 60s and 70s influences. But uh, just a gorgeous film all around. Strange little one and highly recommended. Yeah. 101 for me um, is, oh, just... I don't, I don't even know what to say about this movie. It's singular, um, almost as singular uh, a work as its lead actor, Harry Dean Stanton, was a singular performer. This is Vim Vendor's uh, Paris, Texas. Oh, yeah. Great film. Yeah. Great film. And one we've shown at the cinema. Well, here we go. Here I go, right? Uh-huh. Uh, this is this one is incredible, and I wouldn't surprise it wouldn't surprise me if it, if it eventually creeps further up my list. And that is a 2016 film directed by Irving Franco, Cheerleader. I remember you being really high on this movie, and I didn't see it. Yeah, 
Yep. Cameron McAllister from the Atlanta Film Festival, great programmer and Mm -hmm. good friend of mine um, and uh, just all around charming gentleman. Hi, Cameron. Uh, Introduced, connected me with this film, introduced this film to me. And man, oh, man, I have not been the same since. It is it is just genius. I really should watch it. I really should watch it. Yeah, I remember that whole year. um, This was really high on your. Yeah, it's way your list. Special, special film. Yeah. Cool. All right, so here we break into our top 100, Woo! and I'm going to kick it off. Number 100, a film nobody likes but me. It's just movie stars messing around uh, in Europe. Uh, Steven Soderbergh's Ocean's 12. Oh, wow. The uh, uh, misbegotten sequel um, that disappointed everybody uh, that I just love. Wow. I just love it. Okay. <laughs> My 100 is, I think, going to shock you. Okay. I think. I think. I do know it's one that you like a lot. Okay. Or I believe that you like a lot. It's one that we watched together for the first time. Oh. And it is the first film that we ever projected onto a screen, thanks, Sam, at the Sidewalk Cinema, and that is The Peanut Butter Falcon. That does surprise me. I do like this movie, but I am surprised that it's this high on your list. I'm going to tell you a couple of reasons why. Okay. First of all, Dakota Johnson. Sure. Uh, second of all, it was the first film we threw on a screen at the cinema, and that holds a special place for me. Sure. And then third of all, we screened this also at the drive-in. That's in right. The, in the middle of COVID, or not even middle, early early stages of COVID, and when when all we could do was was sort of screen films, you know, outside for for cars. And I remember sitting in the on the hot ass asphalt, and you know, Alabama summer. And at this point in my life, I'm just. Get, I think I had walked over and gotten like PF Chang's. Like I'm eating corporate, <laughs> I'm eating corporate Chinese food out of you know a to go container, and thinking, you know what though, like this is not the worst thing in the world because this film is so glorious, like on a hot summer night. Yeah, and something about seeing that film under the stars just really did it for me. And I think it's so sweet and and kind, and that's so rare. Especially maybe for an indie, right? But it, but and and I've said this before. I don't want to talk about it too long because I know this is not some of the point of a segment. But we've talked about how Shia and this thing brings just the right amount of edge to a film that could have gotten too saccharine. Uh-huh. And and it's a terrible title. Like, do not get me wrong; it's a terrible title. And there are some scenes to me that are a little cringeworthy, you know, that are, go a little over the top. But there's something about his performance and just his presence as a human being, even though I know he's been canceled. I know the guy's a dick. Like all his still his performance in this film really, I think makes the film freaking work. I agree. Yeah. I think he's wonderful in the movie and it's a real shame about who he is and the stuff he's done. I know. Because he, a couple of years ago, gave a bunch of really great performances and it looked like his career was on an upswing and it looked like he had figured all his shit out and come to find out, nope. <laughs> Shy is just the like, he's like the kid, he's like the, you know, the youngest kid that keeps going to rehab. I mean, I just, he, he, I wish he could get his shit together. Talented guy. I don't, I, I don't, I don't vibe that he's a terrible human being. I just think he's just needs to get his shit together. But anyway, verdicts out. I don't like lists with three on them. I like fours. 
I'm just, you know, that way. So I'm going to say my fourth reason for this is because I just love a great Southern story and this vibes that intensely. And Definitely. It's just that sort of Huck Finn kind of narrative and man, oh man. I went, you know, went to college in Savannah, Georgia, and it's, you know, it's got that sort of Savannah aesthetic. And I think a lot of it was shot in the Savannah area. So it, it it's checking a lot of boxes for me. And it, it, I feel like it deserves this, this hundred spot. Okay. Anyway, there you go. Yeah. All right. My number 99 is Howard Hawks's Red River, another John Wayne Western where he um, battles with a surrogate son played by Montgomery Clift yeah. during a massive cattle drive. Um, it's just the best. It, it's just uh, this grand emotional melodramatic Western um, that plays with these uh, massive themes, uh, almost biblical themes of the father versus the son. Yeah. Uh, great movie. Yeah. Well, my 99 is Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. You might hear more about that on my list a little later. Um, but another Charlie Kaufman screenplay, a great movie. Yep. Uh, my number 98 is Robert Redford's Quiz Show. Um, Are you kidding? I am not. I love this movie. Sam, he, who's not here. He's not here. <laughs> do, you, do you not Brad, like Quiz Show? No, I don't fucking like Quiz Why? Show. Why? It sucks, Brad. Can you tell Sam to tell me? To- <laughs> <laughs> this is this is absurd. Quiz Show is amazing. Yeah, Quiz moving. Show um, is a wonderful uh, dramatization of of the uh, of a, a game show controversy in the 1950s. Sharply directed, wonderfully performed. You got top tier Ray Fiennes, top tier John Turturro. You have Martin Scorsese in a sinister supporting role here. Um, Paul Schofield, who's amazing. Gosh, this movie is just the best. This is a very Corey Craft movie. I'll get you. I'll give you that because it is dudes in rooms talking. Yeah, but, it is. Um, it's no greasy strangler. It's so good. Uh, no, I love Quiz Show. Um. Okay. Well, I to be to be discussed later. Lord. Okay. My ninety eight is speaking of dudes in rooms talking. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> Uh, and, and I'll also be talking about that film on another podcast here soon. So anyway, that's, a that's my number. Will you? Okay. Yeah. You'll see. Well, Well, it's, um, it's going to be on another podcast on my list as well a little later. So we'll, we'll talk again, uh, pretty soon about Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory. Uh, my number 96, the last one in this, I'm sorry, number 97, the last one in this installment. Um, is Carl Reiner's The Jerk, starring Steve Martin as the titular jerk. Um, Pound for pound, one of the funniest movies ever made, Um, and one of the most quotable movies ever made, and not exactly um, what you'd call woke in some ways, but um, uh, it all cancels out because of the uh, Tonight You Belong to Me sequence on the beach where Steve Martin and Bernadette Peters uh, have a little sing-along to that song, and she pulls out a cornet and starts uh, playing, and it's just the funniest thing you've ever seen. Well, this was a childhood favorite. I, it's not going to make any list. Even if we had a list of a thousand movies, it wouldn't make it on my list. Um, I don't hate it, but I don't love it. But I, I, but strangely and ironically, as often is the case with 80s kids like myself, um, it is one that I probably have seen 60 times because yeah. it was on heavy rotation on HBO or Showtime, one of those two, or maybe Cinemax. And I, I watched it just freaking nonstop because it's great yeah i think it was more about it was on anyway number 97 for me is going to be a controversial little moment for a lot of people though i don't think it's one for you okay and that is Boslerman's moulin rouge 
No, I love Moulin Rouge. Yeah. Moulin Rouge is great. I know. Some people really dislike it. So. Some people are really wrong. Yeah, they can kiss my ass. So that is our latest installment here of our top 200 movies. Write us at podcast at sidewalkfilm.com to tell us what your favorite movies are or argue with us about our lists. Some of you have feelings about Ocean's 12, I imagine. So, um, or, or, you know, quiz show apparently strongly <laughs> held feelings about quiz show. Um, so, so write in and share those feelings with us and we might discuss it on an upcoming episode. Why not? Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Side Talks. We're your own personal cinematic West Palm Beach and Palm Beach. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> More locales this time, not not individuals. Okay, I like gotta, it. She's got to switch it up every sure, once in sure, a while. Sure. Um, I bet you'll never guess which one I am. I t- oh, anyway, <laughs> I, and 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 in both of our defense, I don't think either one of us are very Palm Beach, but no, yeah. no, we'll, we'll we'll whatever. Um, you know that real estate. Whoa! <laughs> uh, thanks to Batwell Studios, man. We appreciate them. Check us out online at sidewalkfest.com or on social media at Sidewalk Film on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. These are great resources to find out what's playing at the Sidewalk Cinema right now, for instance, or what's going to be happening with the upcoming Sidewalk Film Festival, which is this August, back in the theater district in downtown Birmingham. We're excited. You got any any hot scoops for us? Not yet. It's coming. It's coming. But it's going to be very, very exciting, I think. Well, I am very, very excited. Um. And I guess that brings this episode to a conclusion. Thanks for listening. Bye. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.